Thanks for joining episode two of Your Body Advocate. This is the podcast dedicated to your body's side of the story. Today, we're going to talk about your body story. What does that mean? How to find it? What gems and clues can that give you about your body-mind connection? Let's take a deep breath to relax. Ready? All right, let's go. You're listening to Your Body Advocate, telling your body's side of the story. The podcast dedicated to supporting and improving your body-mind connection so you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life, dissolving one body tension at a time. Discover the healing properties of your own body language, and together, let's explore ways to support and improve essential self-talk. Now, here's your host, Master of Encouragement and Body-Mind Life Coach, Ruth Cummings. Hi, thanks for joining episode two of Your Body Advocate. Today, I want to talk about your body story. It's something that I use often, and I wanted to start early with this so that we can reference back to it, because it's just a simple way of saying the list of everything that's happened in your life to your body, but I give it a name so that people understand what I'm talking about and that we can use the same language to reference different types of things that are happening to their body and what we've been doing to work on those areas. There are three steps to finding your basic body story. The first one is just simply to make a list of what's happened to your body. Second, which memories are easy to come by? You know, which, come, which memories come quickly and which ones are slow to come back, maybe even days, weeks later? And lastly is how does your body respond to making this list? So let's unpack each one of those together. So when you make the list, this is, it can be tedious, right? Because some of us, you know, you'd say it's a book, you know, so many things have happened to our body. You don't have to write down every single thing. I do recommend writing it down because you'd be surprised how much we forget. And when you see it written, sometimes it has a guttural response. So go through everything that you can remember at first and maybe leave some spaces in between the things that you remember quickly. There'll be the surgeries that you remember, the bad illnesses that you've had, the traumas that you've gone through, the different injuries in sports or like falling off a cliff. (laughs) My friend Jimmy Brown, if you're out there, that's funny. Not really, but it kind of was. So once you identify where and what type of body pain you have. Then look at and write down what kind of pain it is. Is it sharp, nagging, achy, nonstop, burning, itchy? Is it a weakness or a numbness? Those are some options, some examples of the type of pain it is. Next, which helps it or makes it worse? Does hot and cold make it worse or better? Does rest make you worse or better? Is it worse in the morning or a time of year? what things make it worse and what things make it better. And the last thing to write down is if you can figure out the stimulus and response. And what do I mean by that is you have a thought that makes you angry and your body responds to it. Can you figure out what body part is in your neck, your arms, your your jaw, sometimes from grinding your teeth? Can you pinpoint which part of your body responds to the anger, responds to the fear, responds to the grief, etc. If you can figure those out, you're way ahead and you can really start healing much quicker. So an example of a body story, just starting with mine, but 
of course, not doing my whole body story because it would take it would take a volume of books, just like many of you. But just to give you an example, I've had two ACL replacements, one in each knee from soccer. I've had some severe neck trauma from falling off horses, from playing soccer, from falling when I was rock climbing, and some other falls and not falling very well and hurting my neck. Hence, I have some herniated discs in my cervical spine, and I have learned to do traction at home every day. I know what exercises I need to keep it from hurting. I do uh, heat and ice on it. I know to keep my posture good during the day, <laughs> like I do that, I'm, I'm, but I try. And I know what exercises to do, the cat and cow stretch that I can do. And so for my knees, I know that I can go uphill when I'm doing hikes. If you're in New Mexico, I love to do the La Luz hike because I can go all the way up for nine miles and then get a ride back home or you can take the tram down. So I only have to go one way, so that's fun for me. I can go upstairs really easily, but coming down, it's hurt. It's it's scary and it hurts sometimes. It's more scary than, than hurtful. And so these are just a few examples of what my body's been through and then some of the things I do for it. Another thing for my neck is I always have like a hoodie on or a scarf. And even in the winter, I mean, even in the summer, I have it on because it if my neck gets cold, then it's sore for the rest of the day, even in the summer, even when it's hot outside. So this is just a small example of what my body has been through, just to give you an example of, you know, what you should write down and kind of remember what's happened and how it's hurt you. And so just start there. What I want to point out again from this small example of my body, if you notice, I mentioned my knee pain first, and I, I repeat it several times. That's because it's on my mind right now, and it hurts the worst. If my neck is hurting the worst, then I'll bring that up first. So that's really important to notice about yourself. What do you repeat? My toes hurt, my toes hurt, and you keep repeating that. So that's one thing to recognize. That's when you know that your mind is putting a lot of attention to that area, and that can actually make it worse. And then what is it ignoring? So if you can compare those two, that's kind of uh, interesting to recognize. So another helpful hint is to recognize how you respond to your body. Are you angry with it? Do you respond to it? Most of us don't recognize that we do that. But here's like, look at my examples of how I respond to my body. Sometimes I'm angry with my neck for giving me a headache or making me you know, tired or uh, I feel grumpy because my neck just is sore. I have to move around. I'm not comfortable when I'm sleeping, etc. Or like with my knees, I get frustrated because I can't play soccer anymore. I have a hard time running. And there's a little bit of anger, a little bit of resentment from my mind to my body. And this happens often with many of us, especially older athletes that are used to playing hard and can't anymore. And there's other reasons that our body, when it's starting to break down just for age, not just for injuries or other things, just, you know, if you've done perfect your whole life and, you know, once you're past 30, 35, 40, 45, uh, it just doesn't work the same. And so there's, there is a is an anger or a resentment that sometimes needs to be uh, addressed before an injury or a pain can be resolved. Oftentimes in my office, when people have given me their body story, I ask them to rate it. 
Like what's number one? What's the number one issue that you want me to work on or address? What's number two and what's number three? And it's really funny how people really take that seriously. And I do. I want to know because I, I break up my hour with them depending on what they feel is the most pressing, what's giving them the most pain, what would give them the most relief if it was gone. The second step in finding your basic body story is to notice which memories come easily and which ones come later or just are hard to remember the entire event. Those are very important. So the ones that come quickly, the ones that we repeat, sometimes we say, oh yeah, I hurt my knee and then I hurt my knee and you'll tell people more. That's different than something you completely forget and a couple days later, a couple you know, hours later, days later, even weeks later, sometimes you'll remember something. You'll be like, oh my gosh, that's why writing down the list is really helpful so that you can put it in between the lines because there will be things that you forget. Those are the ones that are so important. They give you huge clues to what your mind is trying to ignore, what your mind is avoiding, and what your body might be avoiding. What's fascinating when I'm working on people is that sometimes when I'm holding an area that is different than the rest of the areas, so for example, it might be cold, it might be really hot, it might have sweat on it in just a small area, it might be really, really dry, but not like a dry spot. Dry spot. There's a lot of different things that can happen in one little area. Sometimes a muscle stays so contracted, just incredibly tight. No matter what I do, I try to have the person breathe in, breathe out, stretch in, push the muscle into me, push out. I try many, many different ways to try to trick it almost to relax, and I can't get it to do that. I call that a muscle manager, and we'll get into that a whole episode. But for example, if someone has part of their, a very common one is on their low back, it'll be one side or the other, And it like manages pain in the entire body. So if their toe is hurting, this area in their back will not relax. And then if the toe, if I'm working on the toe and the toe is in pain while I'm working on it, the the back gets even more contracted and it, it gets a longer area of contraction. And it's, the person isn't even aware of that. And that's very fascinating. From there, you can actually see the muscles that that muscle is affecting So it could be affecting muscles from the back to the stomach, from the back to the front of the leg, the back to the um, the hip area, and up the back. So further up the back, up into the neck and the shoulder. So it's fascinating what it can actually affect. So it is important to notice. You notice right away what you repeat, and then what you notice down the down the road. Also, how detailed are you able to describe a certain memory of a pain or a trauma or an illness, etc.? How detailed can you get? Because the ones that are really right there in the top of your memory, those you're going to be able to give, you know, how it smelled, how you felt, who was around you. And some of those, you're not going to be able to remember much. Let me remember, I think that was about 10 years ago. And, and there's, it's like that. You have to really go into the memory banks and try to retrieve that. And it's not as easy 
as that one that you've repeated to people, that you re- you've repeated to yourself over and over. So those that's the same way the body works. So when I go into the into the body to work on the one that you can't remember and I'm trying to find it and I, I do find it, there's some interesting things that can happen. One of the things I've recognized is that the pulse is different and I, I hold my hand on that area to try to pull the pulse so I can feel it. And I'm holding the pulse somewhere else in their body, pretty close to where that is. And I check to see if they're synchronized. And often on the areas that we don't remember very well, there will be such a slight pulse, if any at all. And when the pulse does start to come, it's not synchronized with the pulse around it. And it's fascinating. I'd love to do more studies on that. I haven't actually gone out and done any research research or asked anybody about it, but it's definitely on my list. The third step in finding your basic body story is to recognize how your body responds to making the list. You could even respond to me asking you to make the list, like having, you know, it's like drudgery. It's such a bummer. I don't have time to do this and be like grumpy bear about that. Maybe you start pacing or you grab a quart of ice cream from the refrigerator to respond to my asking. And I often find that how one responds to making this entire list is often how they respond to their body. So if you don't have time to make the list, recognize maybe if you don't have time for your body pain and you just want it to get better and you're very frustrated with it, are you just grumpy bear about your body? You don't have time for it. And this is a very common way of responding to our body. And that's one of the main reasons for your body advocate and why I want to advocate. Because what would your body say back to your mind? Like, it's not grumpy bear. It wants your attention. It is taking its time in trying, not, in trying to hold itself together. I just would offer you to see and recognize how you respond to this question because your body does need your time. It needs your attention at that time. And the way that it's asking for it is by having this, these areas of pain, these areas of discomfort in whatever your, however your body is talking to you. Which brings us to our final point today which is how to interpret our unique body language better and what secrets our body story can give us so that we can decode that unique body language. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. You're listening to Your Body Advocate, telling your body's side of the story. To find your free ebook and more information about working with Ruth, go to ruthcummings.com. So how can we decode our own unique body language? It's a question that's been asked and answered in so many different ways. There's so many ways to interpret. It's like our intuition. How do we listen to that sixth sense? How do we know what our body is trying to tell us? Or our spirit. And sometimes our body, I see, also ignores what's happening. What do we do then? Either way, there are ways to decipher what's happening. It's really when we don't understand why our body's hurting, why our spirit is hurting, why we're depressed, why we're not happy, why we can't find our purpose. That's when we start looking at these possibilities, these theories, and trying to decipher these nuggets of information that come to us from, you know, from our body. But also there's things in our lives, you know, there's people that come to us you know, teachers come when we're ready to learn, that type of theory. 
and people will, you'll listen to this podcast maybe when you're ready to listen to this podcast and maybe there's something to learn. I think things happen like that often if we would only pay attention. I'm not the greatest at paying attention. I'm sure trying to get better at it. I'm just really good at seeing it in people's bodies. So I'm able to tell them a little bit better and give them a little bit of insight while I'm working on them. And now I want to transfer that to saying that in my coaching sessions and then in this podcast. So I want to give you three tips on how to listen. Listen is in quotes, right? How to listen to your body and how to interpret your reaction to this body story. How do you react to this list you've just made? The first tip is just to become aware. The second tip is to breathe into that that stress, that anxiety, that muscle, if that even makes sense, to breathe when you recognize that it happens. And the third step is to notice the response to the stimulus. What is the stimulus, the thought? What thought are you having and why or how and when and where? Is your body reacting to that stimulus? That's the third tip. So the first thing you want to do is just become aware. If you're not aware, you can't make any changes. And the aha moments about what your body is trying to tell you are really exciting and can really open up an entire new world about how your body's responding to you, how you're responding to your body. But this awareness goes way deeper than just your body and your mind. Like what does your environment include? Are you surrounded by love and safety and happiness? Do you get steeped in like political things that are on TV or on the radio? Or do you stay away from that when you know it bothers you? Are you calm in traffic? Or if there's other disappointments in your life, how do you handle that? Or notice the relationships you're in. Are you safe in those relationships? Do you feel calm and relaxed? Or do you feel anxious and never really grounded in that space? Are you always looking for some place to go or something to do? So this is an easy question to ask and not always an easy question to answer, especially if you're not really aware of your environment, how you react to people, foods, emotions, God, and just the world in general. Saying to be aware is a huge statement, so it takes practice. So be, be gentle with yourself with this one. The first tip is to become aware. And then once you become aware, a whole new world does open up and you can try things that you've never tried before. And this is when people usually find me or find practitioners like me across the world, across the country. And then you start asking yourself, wow, is there other ways to do healing in my body besides what I've tried in the last decades of my life? And the answer is yes. There's so much out there. You know, I I was raised on homeopathy. I was raised on different types of what would be called woo-woo medicine. But in Europe, where I was born, it was, I remember everybody had arnica at their house. Everybody had hypericum and they had the different types of homeopathic remedies that were really helpful, like apis for bee stings that you can use as an EpiPen. My mom happens to be allergic to bees and my father is a beekeeper. So through the years, when my mom has been stung, and starts to go into shock, we give her apis, and apis has been able to calm that down and take all the swelling down, and she's fine. And that's how I was raised in my life. And so if you haven't been raised around things that are different, 
then it's going to be like an alien world. But just fear not and have some hope and have some trust. Look around or ask around. That's why I'm going to have a lot of these podcasts explaining some of the really cool things that you can try. And again, episode seven, I go through making your team of the best healing team that you can make of the people around you in your particular city. Because there's so many. I wasn't aware, and now I am, and I want to share that information. Tip number two on how to listen to your body and figure out why and how your body's reacting to things, especially your body story, is to breathe. Very simple, right? But when you recognize that your body is tense, anxious, not feeling well, just breathe. If you just start there, that's huge. From there, you learn to direct your breath. So someone will say, and I've said before, so if you've never heard this before, just just try to think of it this way. Breathe into the area. And what we mean by that is like you feel your neck being tense. And even though we know that your breath isn't going to your neck, you want to visualize or feel the breath going there, even though it's not physically going there. And you want to try to bring attention to the area where you know is tense. This We'll do a lot of podcasts on this, and we're interviewing some people who can, are very, very good at this. But that's what we mean. Breathe into the area. If you don't understand that, then just breathe. Take a nice, nice deep breath. And I would say do three or four or five deep breaths if you have the time. This is why I do a deep breath before each podcast, because I want to bring attention to your breath, to breathe deep and try to use that to relax your body. So step one is becoming aware. Step two is breathing into the area. And step three is to try your best to recognize where your body responds to your thought. The thought is a stimulus and your body's response is very important. That's the next step. If you feel like you have emotional pain in your body, then there's certain things you can do for that. And I have an ebook you can go grab on my website, ruthcummings.com. But here's some, here's some really simple things. The first things are to do is the basics are breathing deeply, keeping yourself hydrated, and pray or meditate. But there are so many things you can do. I have a list in my head, and actually I wrote them down, of things that bring joy to me. So this is in my, like, my toolbox to help me feel better. And so I like chocolate. I like hot tea. I like sitting with my friends. I like hugging my kids and playing with them and being silly and maybe even roughhousing. I like hugging my dog. I love sitting in the sun. I like listening to water, like we have a fountain outside or if I'm at the ocean or listening to a river. And I have a whole list of things. I have like audiobooks. I love being with my husband and like walking outside. So there's a whole list of things that I know help me come back to being grounded, coming back to being calm and ready to take on the day. I think it's really helpful to make your own list because it's going to be unique for everybody. So to recap today's episode, we're talking about your body story. What is it? Why is it important? What secret clues it can give you? And the three steps to finding your basic body story is to make a list, and I suggest writing it down, And then notice which memories are hard to remember, which ones are easy to remember. And then three is how does your body respond to making the list? Do you get angry even right before you make it or that I'm asking that you make it? Do you feel like grumpy bear? 
is it a burden to do it? You don't feel like you have time. Those give you hints of whether or not that's how you're treating your body. And then those give you secrets to decode your unique body language. And I'll talk in length at length about all of these and how you can understand your body better. The tips on how to listen to and interpret your reaction to your body story is to first become aware. And once you become aware, then a whole world opens. But here's the thing. When you become aware and you realize, for example, that your neck tightens up at the shoulder whenever you get in a fight with your spouse and you are in the middle of the fight with your spouse, here's what you do. You just try to relax that muscle within the fight with your spouse. Take a deep breath, try to focus that breath into the muscle and try to relax it and be in the fight so that you don't have to have a tight shoulder muscle and be in the fight with your spouse. You can separate those and that's the next action to take. This takes practice and patience as you can imagine because your muscle is going to tighten up again and then you have to recognize that it's tight and go through the whole process again. And eventually it gets really easy. It's just like strengthening any muscle. This is your intuition muscle and your awareness muscle. And to be able to separate your thoughts and your body responding to that thought, be in a fight with your spouse, but have your neck muscles relaxed in that moment. That's the homework. That's the next step. And it definitely takes a lot of practice and be patient with yourself and gentle. Thanks for joining me today about this podcast on your body story. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Your Body Advocate with Ruth Cummings. We're so glad you've joined us today and truly believe you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life. To connect with Ruth, work with Ruth, or to grab your free ebook, go to ruthcummings.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Until next time, friends, be open, include the unincluded, think outside the box, and spread love and kindness one smile at a time.